We are joined for the first part of our F1 episode this week by Ross Fruin. Ross runs Grid Rival, which is the platform for our fantasy league for a second straight year. So first off, Ross, how's uh, how's the week before the season treating you? Uh, it's treating us very well. Yeah, we have um, record traffic. You know, the first nice. two two weeks before the year, all was pretty crazy for us. But um, for one reason or another, we have seen almost a 200% growth year over year in new users. So um excited, also a little bit nervous. You know, anytime you're straining your software infrastructure 200% that you weren't necessarily expecting, it can sometimes be a little bit exciting, but I think our team is up to the task and um, have been preparing for it. So I feel I feel really great about it. Awesome. So I know, you know, we'll, we'll talk some, some F1 here in a second, but I'm curious, you have some new daily fantasy stuff out and, uh, you know, some some new some new features I saw on the app a couple yeah. of days ago and I was setting up the league. So what's new this year? Yeah, so for for anyone listening that maybe played in the past but kind of like, you know, dropped out for whatever reason, which kind of sometimes happens in season-long fantasy, right? If you get get too far behind, sometimes you call it quits. And, um, you know, for anyone that did that before October of last year, they're going to come back to see an entirely new application. You guys probably remember we rolled out a whole new yeah. – complete redesign um, and rebuild of the um, Android and iOS application. So, so that, that'll be a big adjustment, um, positive adjustment for some folks returning. Um, but as you alluded to, uh, the big, big project we released kind of in beta in November last year and just came out really to um, to 25 states. The United States is our first daily fantasy product um, that we're going to continue to really push and work hard on, which is um, essentially if you're, you know, a season long grid rival player, it's kind of the same game mechanics, but you're able to compete on a week by week basis. Um, not necessarily week by week, meaning, you know, with the same people over the course of the season, but a single sure. event with money on the line. Um, and that's always been our vision. Uh, the, the season long game is something that we built really as a, a feeder for people to um, come and, you know, experience this type of gameplay in a setting where it's much more community and camaraderie driven and, ultimately um, decide if they like it and maybe go play with real money. So um, that's been a very long journey and I'm happy to have that live. Um, we're applying to be live in about, I think 11 or 12 more states here in a couple of months. And then um, we should also be live in, in uh, everywhere in Canada, except Ontario. Um, and then we also received our United Kingdom um, gambling license nice. uh, actually six or seven months ago, but there's some things that were, need are required to do internally before we can get live there so we should be live um to a very large subset of our user base you know the, the majority of our users are in uk us and canada i'd say probably you know 80 percent yeah so um at least some point in the season uh the majority of people listening or engaging should have uh, the ability to do that and i think what we, we rolled out is just the first iteration of it so there's a lot more exciting stuff we have planned um, different types of games different ways to engage um so super excited to uh, get that out and see how how people use it nice so did i see that you guys have also uh dipped your toe into the nascar world i mean we're more f1 and uh indycar yeah. open wheel on the here but I, I saw something about nascar for you guys as well yeah um so kind of a little bit out of the blue nascar um i have a, had a relationship with um the guy over there named joe and he's the head of uh, sports betting nascar i think has a really direct and interesting approach towards how they're addressing this market and they're kind of taking it very seriously and um, have staffed a couple people internally that are focused just on that and 
um, happened to have a relationship with one of them and and they kind of reached out with this with this idea they had back in November and um, you know they knew that the FanDuel's DraftKings all these bigger companies in the world are so resource constrained and they're really limited with what they can do from a product and tech perspective and so they kind of came to us and said hey we have this idea for the season-long matchups game is what we ended up calling it where um, every race you pick a side of five head-to-head matchups. So just this driver, this driver, who's going to win? Um, so it's really super basic. Um, it's going to be a season-long deal, a $100,000 prize pool. Um, so that was really cool. And that's also a product that you're going to see on, on on the F1 side, on some of the other sports we have too. So it's a very scalable product. Nice. Um, but yeah, it was only it's kind of only up on the app for really about two weeks because they called November and we scrambled as our first major opportunity with the league. So we kind of you know, move some things around on a roadmap to make it work. And, you know, the second we got it out, it was like this two week rush to get people signed up. And then the second, you know, it was like Daytona 500 happened. Then it was like, okay, F1 starts in three weeks. So there's no break, but um, yeah, NASCAR, I think is a really big opportunity for us. And, um, you know, some people, if you're on our discord have been asking when's IndyCar coming and um, I can't promise this, but I can say with a pretty high degree of confidence that it's going to be, the next sport you see on there after NASCAR. All right. Our listeners will like to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So you're kind of on that path and I know I understand product roadmap very well, but you know, what can you say is coming or at least that you hope is coming, you know, whether it's at some point, you know, during this year or, you know, this season or, or just, you know, at some point this year. Yep. So um, I can tell you some of the things we're focused on. So the, the biggest um, I don't want to say the biggest, but one of the, the things that we're focused on is like we we launched our daily fantasy product in October, late October. We got this early NASCAR opportunity mid-November. So our whole plan was that during the off season was to kind of finish the all these fast follows, so to speak, that we had on our DFS product that we really wanted to get out. And so those kind of got punted temporarily. So that's like the initial focus. And some of those include, um, you know, if you look at the game right now, it's very... Um, you know, individual or like, you know, or, or very pool focused on smaller pools. So it's like two person to 20 person contest, $3 to $100 entry fees, right? Um, the next thing you're going to see is larger pools, guaranteed contests, you know, probably two, three, $5,000 weekly pools that we, that we offer that are going to be guaranteed. Um, so you're going to see a couple more, you know, smaller adjustments to us kind of putting the the bow on that daily fantasy product. Um, you're going to um, hopefully see a season long NASCAR product um, and also NASCAR added to the daily fantasy mix. Um, nice. And that's a big under, it's a big undertaking internally just because some of the core pieces of infrastructure that um, we built initially to work with formula one, you know, kind of have to be torn apart because those sports are very different. Um, one of the other big things we, uh, and then I, and I also mentioned geography. So yeah, getting live in different locations is a, is a big part of our roadmap. Um, you know, not necessarily a new feature. Um, we're thinking, starting to think about how we can use um, the featured matchups game on a single event basis, right? It's very, the way the scoring works, it just wouldn't work on a single event basis because there'd, end up, there'd, there'd be way too many people that were tied. And so we're thinking about, you know, how can we adjust the scoring to, to, to have that game work in a pool model um, and, and be done at a single event. And then I think the major, like the next major product you're going to see from Grid Rival, um, I can't promise it'll be this season, but I, I think that there's 
you know, a decent likelihood um, is a kind of like a single player pick them experience where, you know, you're not necessarily in a pool. Um, and, and we want to go that route because, you know, one of the, one of the fundamental challenges that I've seen in the sports betting world is it's very esoteric. It's very unapproachable for people that have never done it. You know, it's confusing. I think if you put somebody in DraftKings or FanDuel or any of these, you know, really well-known sports book and they never bet on sports before and you started a timer and you said, stop it when you feel like you're, <laughs> you know, let, let, not good, not even good at it, but just understand it. I think you're talking about me right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, same here. I, I would have no um, idea. It's, it's, it's a lot to understand. Um, and some of the people that I know who are good at it have been doing it for years, years and years. And so the single player pick experience is really kind of like I mentioned with the head to head matchups product, you know, it's going to be very easy. Like, is this driver going to finish over under this position or, you know, overtakes or, or head to head things that are going to be really super easy for anyone to digest. You won't have to have a ton of knowledge of the sport, obviously more knowledge will probably be more success. Um, so that's a big product that we, we hope to get out. We're kind of already thinking about, um, there's, there's some other things that are ahead of it, but, um, that's, uh, that's probably the next major thing you're going to see from us, um, in, in 2023. So I guess I wanted to just ask if you have, we were just talking about growth a little bit. If you think that this growth in the United States with F1 can be sustained, I mean, obviously that's hard for anyone to tell, right. And it's good for kind of all of us who have been F1 fans that it's, it's growing, but what is your thought with, you know, more races coming on board and obviously I would imagine that grid rival would play a role obviously in kind of getting people deeper into the sport and kind of the, you know, well, I would hope so. Yeah. Our, our, um, you know, our stated vision of the business is to elevate the excitement of motorsports for every race fan globally. So it's far beyond, you know, wagering. And um, I I think that there's a lot of avenues we see in the future to be able to, to achieve that. Um, And yeah, I would love to be continue to be a part of that story, especially for that sport, because, um, I, I love motorsports, but I mean, that formula one is really what I grew up on. And it was the thing that really got me hooked when I was a little kid. Um, can it be sustained? I think if you're asking that question in terms of like, can the existing audience that is a fan right now sustain into the future? I think for sure. Um, I really believe in, in the team over there and what they've done since Liberty took over. I mean, it's been incredible. I think most incredible is the pace that they've done it at, um, large organizations like that usually don't move quickly and so um I, I mean i remember when they took over it's like within 12 months you know they had the whole thing rebranded they've moved into all this digital stuff and so i think that they have an incredibly smart team um and i i really believe that they'll be able to execute to, to keep the audience sustained can the growth curve sustain i you know i obviously not at some point it has to it has to plateau and um you know i think drive to survive is such a big piece of the of, of the success in, in the United States. And so I would answer the question with, you know, to the degree that drive to survive is still a great show and still receives a lot of viewership in the U S I think that formula one is going to continue to, to attract new audiences. Um, but you know, it's already far and away more than I'd ever had, had imagined. You know, when I started this business, I knew that there was something interesting at the intersection of this sport and sports betting. Cause they were both of those things were growing, um, and I knew that Formula One was a tremendously undervalued asset. Like we all know, I think it was like literally in 2017, they weren't using social media. So 
And it was, <laughs> this was a huge global, you know, top one of the top five most watched sports in the world. So I knew that something was going to happen, but I could have not, you know, I couldn't have predicted this. I never would have guessed there's three races in the United States, one of them being down Las Vegas Boulevard. So um, it's been cool to watch. I hope it's, you know, I hope they can sustain it. Um, but yeah, I mean, at some point it, it will obviously plateau. Is that this year? Like, yeah, I don't think I would bet money on it this year. I think that there's, there's quite a bit of room still um, to, for quite a bit of audience still to, to penetrate in the U S. All right. So I think I have one, maybe two more, and it's, it's more on the prediction side of here since we've been talking about F1. What's your uh, what's what's your thoughts into the year? Are we going to see a Red Bull domination? What is or what is uh, what is Grid Rival telling us we're going to see this year? Mm, I we probably couldn't tell you yet on the data side. I think like if we pulled some numbers after the first first event, like yeah. people, the way people engage with fantasy is usually very um, in, in a in a procrastinated manner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we get a lot of people that. Are, are like trying to set their lineups at the last second. So we could have some interesting data, you know, but I think that, I think the way, at least on our product, people play fantasy is not necessarily always in direct alignment with who's going to be the most successful on a race to race basis on finished position. Um, and we've actually worked very hard to make it that way. So it's, it's engaging. Um, as far as who's going to win, I look, I'm probably not the, the, the brightest like formula one analyst out there. Yeah especially because I'm so d- distracted trying to build this business. Um, I can tell you who I'd lo- love to see win personally. Yes. I would love to see McLaren up there. Okay. Um, do I think it's going to happen? And like, am I going to bet money on it? Probably not. <laughs> I think like, you know, I think that one of the things I've seen after following the sport for so long is that it's very rare where, you know, you're going to see a team go from like sixth to first in a single season. It, the, the progression is so slow. So I think like I, I my hope is that we have a strong battle between Red Bull, Mercedes, and Ferrari. Um, I think Ferrari had the car last year. They just we all saw it was like just insane decision after insane decision, and <laughs> call it a decision or a mistake or whatever it was. Like I think they had the car, and so it kind of makes me wonder what's going to happen. I admittedly have been um, not super in tune with preseason testing and preseason testing statistics, other than what I've been hearing like users talk about. Um, and yeah. it does seem like there's some, some interesting stands up stand out there, but I don't know. I, it's hard to say. Yeah. It's, it's funny. You mentioned people set their lineup slate. My uh, college friend, Ryan, who, who won our league last year was actually second or third in the world on grid rival heading into the last race of the year and wow. had too had too much to drink and forgot to set his lineup. Oh. <laughs> I I haven't That's let brutal. him forget. I just I I saw him. I think it was uh, when I was when I was back in Philly for for Christmas, and yeah, I gave him a hard time that he was so high up, and then got too drunk and forget. But to be fair, I did that a couple of years ago on the the IndyCar.com fantasy league. I was twelfth in the world heading into the Indy Five Hundred, you know, which is a double points or was a double points race, and yeah. Yep. I got too drunk at a wedding and did not set my lineup in time on race day that year. How 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 far did he drop? I don't remember. remember. I'll I'll find out and let you know. I'm I'm curious, but 
I think like was it a total the, blowout? Like was his lineup completely empty, or was completely? Just like a it, it, it was Oof. either like Ugh. completely empty, or he had like one guy left, or a team like the team slot left. Like it was pretty bad. Oh man, that's rough. Yeah, it happens to the best of us. I mean, I I did it <laughs> once last year too. Like it's just I you know too. you get busy and this stuff happens on the weekend and um one of you know you're asking about roadmap. One of the things we are considering is um you know some version of like draft protection where you know if you forget to fill out your lineup it'll plug it in for you and maybe just like throw a bunch of one race contracts because it is you know we look at the metrics a lot and um i think one of the challenges with season-long games is i think you could invest hundreds of millions of dollars into a single product to 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 have the best retention you possibly could have and you're still going to see you know drop off during the season because like people get behind and they just lose interest and um but we do know that one of the biggest reasons we see drop off is because people will forget their lineup <laughs> and they just they just give up so it's something that we're um trying to weigh the value in so i guess i wanted to ask you if you're most excited for any particular race this season obviously we have a record length calendar um which will mm-hmm. make it interesting to do your picks every weekend and keep up with the schedule but uh is there something you're most excited to watch I mean, I think like my answer is, is just so, I don't know, I, I almost hate to say it because it's so obvious. I'm excited about the Vegas thing um, just because it's going to be, I mean, the 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 renderings and stuff you've seen of all these structures they're building and like, you know, Bellagio's building this huge thing over the, over the lake there. And um, so I just think the... Uh, our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Right on. The setup there is going to be so incredible to watch. I don't know that I'll be attending. Um, I always love the U.S. Grand Prix because we go um, every year and we, we actually stay on track in a big motorhome, um so that's that's a fun one but i think like the vegas race is going to be is going to be hard to beat um and uh i hope to get there someday but i doubt that it's going to be this year yeah agreed 
Yeah, I don't think I can find that enough in the budget this year to to spend. Yeah, it's time it's, in Vegas. it's outrageous. We're already too late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think like the last I was seeing people were spending three, four thousand dollars for just grandstand seats. Yeah, and then there was a um, I saw a a uh, article this morning that there's no support races either. So mm-hmm. it's just that's the only thing there's going to be is F1 cars, which to me is like I don't always watch the support races, but it's nice to you know, know that you have the option, especially if you're just going to be out there. Some of them are and really, on, really good too. I agree. I agree. Like some of the Porsche Carrera cup and, you know, I've, I've been to the race at Austin, I think six or seven times. And I've seen, you know, anything from historics to F3 to, I think the ones that are always most entertaining are like the gentleman driver series where you have, you know, the, the Ferrari spec cars and um, kind of the, you know, more of the sports car racing is just, those guys are, they, there's a lot of, you know, racing, it's a, it's a, it's a match class. So the cars are all pretty even. Um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of surprising. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So we'll wrap it there, but before we do, Oh no, I had a, I had a point and I, and I lost my train of thought. Oh, if you, <laughs> if you ever, if you ever get a chance, if you ever had a track, the Mazda MX five cup oh, yeah. is some of the best racing from a little Mazda Miata Every race yeah. is just like totally bonkers. If yeah, you uh, if you go to YouTube, the the both of their races this year before the Rolex Twenty Four were like door bumping to the line with six or seven cars. It was it was the best race of the weekend. Wow, that's awesome! I've definitely seen clips in the past. I mean, I haven't, I've never like followed a full season of it, but no, me uh, either. I, I can I can imagine when you have you probably have a very full field um, that's well matched and yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, we're up it there, sir. Thank you very much for joining. Best of luck with with everything on the platform this year, and we'll uh, you know go check out our league. We'll I'll put the link in in our show notes this week, and it's on social media already, guys. So go check it out. Cool. Thanks for having me. Okay, part two. We're gonna do some predictions, a couple for this weekend's race, and a handful for the season. You and I can just alternate who goes first, and then I'll put these on Twitter throughout the day, Thursday, and yeah, I'll do it throughout the day, Thursday, so we can leave Friday for IndyCar. You you might have to remind me of that one, but... Okay. Anyway, my phone is ringing. Anyway, let's go with the weekend. All right. Who is going to... This isn't necessarily who's going to win or podium or whatever. Who is going to be your driver of the weekend oh wow um driver of the weekend's gotta be somebody who's gonna do well maybe like what kind of exceed expectations basically sure let's go ahead and say that our American compatriot or compatriot, however you say that appropriately, Logan Sargent is going to be the driver of the weekend and is going to pull that Williams car where it should not be. Okay. All right. I am going to take whoever drives the Lance Stroll car, whether it's Lance Stroll or Drogovic. Oh, yeah. okay. I saw today he might, Stroll might do like FP1 just to see how he's feeling, if he can handle the car. Anyway, that'll be my pick. Next up, Biggest surprise. So this could be, you know, there's zero passing. It could be 
somebody doing well, somebody doing poorly, you know, what's, what's going to come out of complete left field this weekend. Come out of complete left field this weekend is going to be, I don't know if it's going to be out of left field. Like I think it's something like off the wall. That's yeah. kind of hard. Um, I have one if you want me to go. Yeah, go for it. You go first. Sergio Perez is going to ignore team orders and frustrate Max Verstappen. Okay, that will cause a lot of controversy. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be a surprise, but yeah, that's going to be... It's it's not like a big surprise, but it's kind of an off-the-wall answer. For... It'll cause buzz, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to say that... Wow, this is not easy. You know what? I'll say that Carlos Sainz is going to outperform Charles Leclerc. Okay. All right. Next up is we'll do we'll do two more here. Q3 surprise. Sounds like a bad, bad, bad dinner food at a school. <laughs> Who is going to sneak into Q3 this weekend? Sneak into Q3 will be. Who's on the line? Let's say Pierre Gasly. Because okay. we don't know about the, the Alpines right yeah. now. I'm going to take his teammate. I'll take Ocon. Okay. Lastly, now I guess this is kind of... I, I wrote this question and then realized that we might not actually have Drogovic this weekend. Will mm-hmm. a rookie make Q2? Which is essentially just Sargent right now, right? Or am I missing somebody? Um, oh, Piastri. And Piastri. Nick DeVries. Kind, I mean... Yeah, he's sense. a rookie. He's a rookie. Okay, so out of out of those three, I'm sorry... I forgot about Piastri when I was when I wrote this question down. But will a rookie make Q two? I don't think Piastri is making Q two. Um, no, no. If I think about Sargent. I highly doubt that. Yeah, agreed. And I guess Nick De- no Nick DeVries isn't making Q two either in the Alpha Tauri. So no, I don't. I really don't think so. All right. Well, just to be different, I'm going to say that yes, a rookie will make Q two. Okay. All right. So that is it for the weekend. We're going to do some quick season predictions here. I wrote these as we were chatting with Ross. Driver of the year. King of the multitaskers. Yeah. Driver of the year. And I don't want to be obvious. So I think I'm going to have to go with Fernando Alonso because he's going to have some kind of career resurgence here and make the correct switch to a team for once in his career. Okay, all right. I will take I want to be kind of hot takey here. So I'm gonna take Lance Stroll. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna okay. go all Teammate. in on Stroll Stroll this weekend. Team of the year. Only one of us can pick pick them for team of the year. Team of the year will have to be. Uh, you know. I'm going to put my neck out there and say Ferrari, but I think I'm probably going to end up getting hit by basically. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. I'll take Aston Martin then. All right. This is a multi-part question here, so I'll break it down. And so if if you need to pull up the 2022 standings, 2022 F1 standings, as I pull it up too. So professional right now. All right, so you're looking at the standings. Who is going to have the biggest move up the grid, up the standings from a driver perspective and a team perspective? So what team and what driver are going to jump up this year? So in terms of drivers, 
let's say that wow this is interesting um you know what i think we're gonna have to say lance stroll because he's okay. like in 15th and i think he's gonna be top 10 all right if the Aston is as good as it looks i will take joe guan yu okay good choice where is he oh he's an 18th that's a good choice yeah yeah it's gonna be better than that okay and on the team side who is going to jump the most this year? Team side jumping the most. Uh, can it be either way? Like, or is it positive? Like, who's going to fall positive. back down? I'm okay. about to ask. I'm about to ask you the negative version of that of both okay. of these questions next. Got it. Well, then it has to be Aston Martin. I mean, if they're leapfrogging like three teams, yeah. then it has to be them. All right, I will. I'll take Williams. That's what was going to be my other choice. <laughs> I I hope they're not last again. I know, me too. I think it's going to be Alpha Towery. I think, or yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get there. Okay, driver that is going to drop the most in standings this year. Okay, this will be fun. Um, let us let's say that. Well, I can't say Latifi. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. Let's say Sergio Perez. I feel like okay. this is just going to be not a good year for him. And isn't this the last year of his contract? I have no idea. I think so, but don't don't hold me to that one. He might either have one more year or this might be the last year. I don't remember, but I have a feeling that he just seems like someone who maybe doesn't do extremely well under pressure. I can see that. Okay, I am taking Lando. It was going to fall. So he's yes. going to fall from seventh. Yeah, that was a good choice because that McLaren looks not good. Awful. And while I think I know who you're going to pick on this one, the team that will drop the most this year. No, I might not pick the obvious one. Okay. I don't, I don't want to pick the obvious one. I'll leave that one for you this time. Oh, thanks. Dropping the most this year. Yeah. Mm. Well, I feel like it has to be them, but it can't be. So there's not this this is harder than I expected it to be when I wrote this question down. Yeah, because the teams that are I expect to be at the bottom are on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Screw it. Let's say Mercedes. They're let's say they're gonna drop. I, okay. I'm not confident in their ability this season. I will take I I mean I guess I'll take McLaren then. I was yeah. actually I almost picked Ferrari just to just to stick it oh. to your that they're gonna be really good prediction, but I I feel bad. Okay. At the end of the year, you're looking back. What is going to be the biggest surprise this year? Kind of similar to you know what I asked about this weekend. The biggest surprise will probably be that Oscar Piastri can't get a handle on that McLaren car. And because everyone thought he was just going to come in and be amazing. So I think it's going to show us that it's not just Ricardo who has the issue. It's that Lando is somehow able to drive a really quirky car. Okay. My biggest surprise will be that AlphaTauri ends up getting sold to a, a buyer that is not one <laughs> of the three teams that is currently known to be interested in Andretti, Hitech, and the the Asian Pan Pantera Panthera, whatever Panthera, it is. Yeah, or something like yeah. that. We're gonna call Wait. them team. We're gonna call them Team Pantera for now. So didn't we see news this morning that Alpha Tower is not gonna be sold? 
Yeah, sure. Okay. And that's that's like when a, a sports Typical team says, oh, we are not trading so-and-so. And then like three days later, he gets traded. So next question, two more. This is, I'll start with the easy one. Will there be some sort of event this year that gets dragged out in the news and on social media that is incredibly toxic? Oh, 100%. Okay. There's going yes. to be something, whether it's Max fans doing orange smoke bombs again and like blocking the whole grandstand or a climate protester running nude onto the racetrack or whatever. Like we had all these things last year. There's got to be something like that to happen again. Fair point. Last question. And I agree. Will anyone driver wise or team wise, I guess it's, you know, kind of team principal wise get fired this year. Yeah. I, I'm not confident in James Key, who I believe is the technical director at McLaren. They have okay. not been able to get that car under control and kind of fulfill their, I guess, destiny or their performance that you would expect from a team of that budget and history. And I think his head may be on the chopping block, similar to what we saw happen with Mattia Bonotto. All right. I am taking. What's his name? The Alpha Towery guy's name. Why am I drawing a blank? France Toast. Team? Yeah, yeah, France yeah. Tost. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. He's gone. Whether whether it's before or after this sale that I just said is going to happen, he is he is gone this year. Sounds That's, like you know something that we don't know. I don't know anything. I promise you. I have spent no, I have spent the day in in poor form after a couple drinks last night. So you were supposed to go along with that and cause like a lot of speculation. Yeah, I can't do that. I'm not. I'm a bad liar. You know that. <laughs> Anyway, again, thank you. Got the to... time's up. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. If we want them. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. We can some tradition, there. right? Yeah, I, I, listen, it's, I'm, it's, I'm rusty. I just, I thought of something that reminded me of the Rolex 24. What's that? You may have to cut that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. I see, I see where you're going with that one now. Okay, and... Practice one is going to be on Friday, March 3rd at 6.30 a.m. Not watching that. Nope, unfortunately not. But practice two, 10 a.m. Eastern time on Friday. Watch that. Yep. Practice three, 6.30 a.m. on Saturday. Oh, I can't watch practice two. I can't watch practice three either. Oh, okay. I I, I am going. I, I, I got a trainer at the gym near here so I can get myself in the shape for, for you know, all these, all the lovely ladies of Philadelphia. So. I have to have to go work out. Is it someone who like trains F1 drivers? Unfortunately, yes. Actually, yes. 100%. Yeah. At the local Crunch Fitness, she trains F1 drivers. So it was Kimmy's trainer. It was Kimmy's trainer. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Practice three early again on Saturday morning. Then qualifying, which hopefully you'll be able to watch, is 10 a.m. on Saturday. Yep. And the race is 10 a.m. on Sunday. So we got a good time for, yep. for at least those things this weekend. Yeah, I can do that. All right. Well, thanks to Ross for joining. Make sure to check out our Grid Rival League. Last year, it was super fun. Maybe this year, I'll like actually put some effort into finding prizes throughout the yeah, year. I have some stuff we can give out, yeah, I think, too. Yeah. Frenchie has some stuff we can give out. Tomorrow, we'll do IndyCar. <laughs> creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Frenchie's going to give out candy in a, in a white van driving down the street in Austin when if we go to the race this year. <laughs> do not malign me in that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to arrive at there before we do, go totally off the rails. Everybody have a lovely 
weekend of racing. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. <laughs> 